Hey, welcome to the C3 Auckland podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, head to c3church.org.nz. We hope you enjoy this message. We are talking about salvation. Salvation is such an important topic. It's part of our, um, this, this month we're going to be looking through our vision, which is um, the vision of C3 Church, save, connect, disciple, influence. So as we talk about those things tonight, um, we talked about it a bit this morning, but we'll just cap it off tonight talking about save. So talking about saving, I've got a bit of a saving story. So um, when um, a, few big, a few weeks back, a couple of months ago, we were at a family holiday in Australia. And um, out there we were in uh, Noosa, which was just an amazing city. And while we were there, we, um, we were swimming on like, um, it was like a beach, but it was like a spit, you know, you know, like a sand spit, you know, you did it in like geography, you know, like where the waves come in and all those sorts of things. Okay, not many people do geography, that's fine. Um, but, um, you know, so it's a spit. And at the, out of the end of the spit, it was like there was like kind of four different waters that kind of all came together and met. And what, what it meant is that it was just like really choppy and there was a very, very strong current pulling it through. And the, the other amazing thing about the spit, which was actually really fun, um, but you know how most normal beaches, you know, when you walk into the water, you kind of go like this, right? You kind of just have the soft decline down. Well, with the spit, it was a bit more like this. All the way down. So it was great because you could like run and jump off and do like flips and stuff into the water. But what it meant is at the end of the spit, um, or because it was kind of like a, a, a little, you know, ankle deep water, and as it went off over the edge, there was just a very, very strong current that formed. So Dylan and I, being very adventurous, um, decided it'd be a great idea to swim in this particular part of the spit, which was fine because um, I like to do a bit of exercise. So I'm a relatively good swimmer. So for me, I jumped in, swam around, got pushed back by the current, swam against the current for a bit, and I managed to get back up. Dylan, however, probably just needs to go for a few more um, swims um, because he kind of got in there and it was kind of fun for a bit. And he kind of, what happened is he kept getting real close, but as you get right close to the edge, that's where the current's like at its strongest. So we'd get there and he'd kind of get a foot almost on the sand, but then he'd just get pushed back because the current was so strong. And it was kind of funny because I'm just standing there. He's like, one, two, three. Oh, he can't even get out. And then all of a sudden, the kind of like, ha-ha laugh goes, just turns to a panic on Dylan's face. Like, okay, I actually can't get out. Someone help me, please. So, so I was like, and it was kind of me going, uh-oh, you're actually in trouble. Um, so what I did is I kind of reached down and I, I tried to grab him and I grabbed him. But as I did, Dylan was kind of like, whoo, I'm good. And he just kind of went limp in the water. And obviously with the current, and you know what the Bible says about, you know, planting yourself on sand. I was just planted, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I, yep, I'm going in too. So we both end up in the water, and it was about at this time that I decided it was probably a good idea to use my brain, because, you know, as guys, sometimes we forget to do that. But I kind of was like, hold up, this current just takes us right around the edge of the spit. We can just go with the current, and we're going to end up back at the beach. So instead of fighting against the water, I was like, Dylan, we're good. Just lay back, enjoy the ride. And we drifted all the way around back and we swam sideways, which is always what you're supposed to do when you're in a current, back to the beach. And it was easy. Dad, dad, was, dad, dad was there. He jumped in as well. He was, he was there. He was almost a hero. But, I mean, I was there first. So. <laughs> but how much more would Dylan have appreciated it if, you know, after one, two, three attempts to get out, if I had just been like from the shore, just like, hey, Dylan. Don't even worry, man. Just go with the current and you'll be there. And he would have been like, sweet. There would have been no panic. 
there would have been no Dylan freaking out thinking he was going to drown. It would have just been sweet. And you're like, Ethan, how on earth does this relate at all to salvation? Well, let me tell you. People in our society are out here drowning. They're up here swimming against the current, not quite getting there. And how much would they appreciate it if instead of kind of just like watching and laughing, we just, well, not that we're laughing. You get the point. We told them, just like, hey, there's an easier way. There's a better way for you. How much more? Because we don't want, you know, we don't want to get to the end of our lives and have people say, man, I wish you'd told me. I wish you'd told me sooner. Because it's our job to tell people about Christ. So I want to preach this, uh, this evening out of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 through 21, and then into six, chapter 6, verse 1. So it says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we see him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. I don't even know what more I can add to that. This is actually one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I love it so much because it takes us all the way through our journey of faith from, you know, we used to see Christ from this human point of view, but now we have been given this task of reconciling others. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Because this, for me, it highlights five big keys about how we, as Christians, are to win the lost. The first key is see people the way God sees them. It says, that, verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. So don't look upon people from a worldly perspective. Because when you see people from a worldly perspective, you see all the things the world sees. You see Age, height, weight, all these other things, inexperience, kind of some people are just a little bit not that great looking. Others are really good looking. You, you guys are really good looking. Um, but, um, you know, we see all of these things and instantly what it does is it makes us make a judgment in people. You know, it says, you know, there's psychology and stuff that people base their opinion off you off like the first five seconds of knowing you, like just seeing you and talking to you for the first time. But that's not what God does because God, he doesn't really care about what's on the outside. He cares about what's on the inside. Because God, you know, he wants to see what's inside of us. Because if we look at people just from a worldly perspective, we can miss out on what God is doing. Because if we look at someone and go, oh, you know what, they're too young. Oh, you know what, they're too old. Oh, you know what, they're too this, they're too that. But God's actually got a plan for them. Because God's not looking at their age, he's looking at their heart. So as we, as we do this, as we judge people like that, we miss out on God's plan. Because God wants to do something through this person. And if we don't go with them, we're going to miss out on what's planned. You know, look at, um, in the Bible, we see Timothy. He's a young guy. He's probably, you know, 
early 20s when he first came in under Paul. And Paul, he didn't look and see, you know, this young guy, because especially in, you know, Jewish culture, you, you know, the, the elders were the ones that were respected and the ones that were appointed these, to these positions. So when we see Timothy come in here, he's young. And we see, you know, Paul writes to Timothy, don't look anyone look down on you because you are young. So clearly he, he, he was in that position where people were going, oh, you're too young. But yet God called him. And Paul entrusted him to run a church in Ephesus, which was a key city in the ancient world. It had 250,000 people in it. That's a massive city for that time. You know, like it was saying the parallel London, you know, London, which we think is like a massive city, that had 30,000 people at the time. So this was like a key city in the ancient world. And Timothy, this young guy, was running this church. And if he was shunned, if people were like, nah, he's too young, we're not doing that, what would have happened? They would have missed out on the call for that city. So we, you know, it says, do not, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. Guys, the old is gone. That perspective of how we used to see things, that's gone. Where that, it's no use to us anymore. There's no point in looking at someone and going, they're to this, they're to that. There's actually, all we can do now is go, look at the call of God upon them. Because as we do that, that's when we're going to start walking in God's plans. That's when we're going to start seeing them. And it's the same as well when we go to reach lost people. We can't look at them and go, man, they're too far gone. You can't look at them, like, because sometimes we do. We look at people and we're like, how could that person ever come to know Jesus? Like, it would take an absolute miracle. Like, we say that like that means it's impossible. But guys, do you remember that? Who the, who's the God that we serve? Isn't he the God of miracles? The God of the impossible? So never say, people are too far gone. The Apostle Paul calls himself the worst of sinners in his first, first letter to Timothy. William Booth, the great evangelist, said, go, sh- go straight for souls and go for the worst. So that's, that's that. Jesus Christ himself in Matthew 9, 12 said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. Because guys, let me tell you, there are some sick people in our city. There are some people that are in desperate need of the gospel. And who, who's, who's called to be the doctor? It's us. Each and every single one of us. So don't dismiss people. Because God, God is greater than any reason that we could come up with why someone can't be saved or why someone can't do something. Because I, might, I by myself am not much. But with God, anything is possible. Point two, receive the gift. You know, guys, we have been given this gift of salvation. And sometimes we forget, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I know God. Yeah, that's great. But guys, what an amazing gift this is. We were saved not through anything we did, not through any of our own efforts, not through any of our own goodness, but God saved us through His grace. God jumped the gap between Himself and humanity caused by sin. It is because of God's grace that we are saved. Amen, amen. Awesome. So, we aren't special. We aren't special. We weren't saved because we were the greatest. We weren't saved because we you know, we're special in any way. God just, he, he, he sent people out. He sent people out to reach us. He sent people out. So we, so what do we do? So we go, do we receive this and go, great, great, now I'm saved, awesome. Or do we go, actually, now I'm going to go out. Now I'm going to go share this gift with people that don't know it. And I love, I love that our church is committed to doing this. 
Because here at C3, we are a church that is committed to seeing lost people saved and people reconciled to God. Point three, we keep moving. We have the most important role. And that role is reconciliation. It says, um, sorry, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That is, that is our role, guys. And this is the most important role that we could have. You know, sometimes we, we think the most important role is doing all of these other things, but actually it's just the day-to-day talking to people. It's just the everyday sowing seeds in people's life of Christ, of God. That is the most important role. This is our call as Christians. It's not just for the pastors or the super Christians, whatever the heck they are. It's actually for each and every single one of us. None of you here is above or below reconciling people to God. You know what the vision of this church is? So, I I mean, I'm not running the church, but I know the guy who runs it pretty well. And the vision of this church is that, you know, an army of people would come together every Sunday and then they would go out, not just to do what everyone else does, not just to go through the motions, to go through their week and then come back here and go on the altar again. The, The vision of this church is that each and every single one of you would come in here, get equipped, and then go out and reconcile people back to God. Why do, you, why do you think, you know, we, when, we, when we talk about, you know, we give the invite cards out, when we talk about bring someone, when we talk about all these things, it's not just we don't say them because they're nice things to say. It's very difficult things to say because it's not easy to go out and invite someone. We say it because we're committed to going, we're not just going to sit and dwell on this gift that we've been given. Actually, we're going to do our job, the most important job, which is reconciling people and bringing them back into the house of God. Amen. Awesome. I love this quote. Um, if, you, if you're a member of City Primal, you'll know this quote very well because it's one of my favorite. It's by C.S. Lewis, the guy that wrote Narnia. He said this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is it, a, it is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Christianity, our faith church is not something that we just put on the side and just have there in its little box. Because sometimes that's how we tend to do it. I know I've been guilty of this as going, you know, I'm, I'm, I love God, but I also don't want to be, you know, I want to be able to be seen by one way by the world. No, 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 it's not how it works. It's only of infinite importance or no importance. And let me tell you, our God lives, so therefore it is of infinite importance. So for each and every single one of us, no matter what kind of, you know, no matter how much we invite people, no matter how much we do this, we can all look at ourselves and go, is it in a place of infinite importance in my life? And we've got to do this for other people. We've got to show people how important this is. We can't just assume that people are going to one day walk into church because sometimes they don't. It's up to us to go out, to be desperate enough to forget about how people are going to see us so we can go out and reach people that are lost because, you know, it's actually the most loving thing to do because sometimes the world has shaped our mindset so it's like, oh, it's, it's me being like kind of like oppressive or not loving if I'm trying to input, like push my beliefs onto someone else. That's just, that's wrong. 
that's a world mindset because we're not just trying to push a belief. It's not like we're trying to push someone to like stop eating meat or something. We're trying to get them into the kingdom. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a vegetarian. If you're a vegetarian, go for you. Hey, Pip. There we go, Pip. One of my team, Pip, she's amazing. She's also a vegetarian. But, you know, our job is not to just, you know, just do what the world says we should do. We should, we're actually crossing the line and going, nah, this is more important. This is more important. And leading on from that, point four, we are ambassadors. For we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. God's not just going to like put a massive like big screen in the middle of Times Square and be like, come back. You know, he's not going to come up with the loudspeakers. He's not going to like, you know, come flying. Well, I mean, one day he'll come flying down, but he's not going to do the, you know, the Michael Jackson pop up from the stage with the mic and just start telling people about, you know, how to come back. He's actually given us this job. We are his ambassadors. God is making his appeal for people through us. And the way that we live our lives is our biggest advertisement for Jesus Christ. Because believe it or not, people are actually always watching. You think, oh, I'll just do this. No one will care. No, 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 no. That's not true. The All Blacks, you know, arguably one of the greatest teams in sporting history, which they really didn't show last year. But, you know, they have, they have these lessons of leadership that they talk about. And um, at Auckland Grammar, we talked about them a heck of a lot. Um, so these are ingrained into me. And it says, for every positive action someone sees you do, people will tell four other people. But for every negative action they see, they're going to tell 11 other people. So you think, oh, it won't matter? Probably does. So as we are ambassadors, we have to take this call upon ourselves like, okay, I'm not going to be half-hearted here. I'm going to represent because, you know, I need to make sure that people are seeing Jesus Christ for who he is. They're not seeing a, a different, a messed up version of Jesus Christ that is us. But we're trying to show people the best version of Jesus Christ that we possibly can. Because that's not a call to perfection because none of us can be perfect. But instead, we've just got to try our absolute best because that's all God wants from us. You know, and we can live up to this task because we have been transformed into the image of Christ. In a, in a commentary I read about um, verse 21 of this scripture, it says this, the sinless Christ became identified with our sin so that we could be identified with his righteousness. As in the layman's Bible commentary, if you want to go have a look. The sinless Christ became identified with our sin. So Christ, Jesus Christ himself, took on our sin. He was blameless and he took it on himself so that we could pick up his righteousness. Guys, we are transformed into the image of Christ. So if you just press into that righteousness, if you press into your word, into your prayer, and into God, you can do it. You can do it. You're not too messed up. You're not, not good enough. You can do it. Because the ambassadors, I want to kind of share just quickly, you know, the, a bit of context behind this. In the Roman world, ambassadors were this. Ten Roman ambassadors were sent to arrange terms of peace with conquered provinces. So when the Roman army went and steamrolled someone, they sent 10 ambassadors to talk peace. But what it was doing is it was bringing a former enemy into the family of Rome. 
So when we as ambassadors of Christ go out and we talk to people about Jesus, people that are far from God, people that are against God, and when we bring, what we're doing is we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God going out and talking to the enemy and bringing them into our family. We are bringing those who were formerly against us into our family. How beautiful is that? That is our job as ambassadors. Finally, point five, we can't ignore it. Who are we to ignore the call of God and why would we want to? Because not only is God the creator of the universe, the creator of us, the author and perfecter, la di da da all of these things, called us to do something, it's like, okay, we should probably do that. But it's probably going to be best for us. You know, because God doesn't want us to do things to make our lives difficult. You know, he wants to do it because he's like, actually, okay, this may seem hard, but it's going to be way better for you. So God's doing this. Because we, yeah, like I said before, we can't give into this worldly idea that um, our pushing our beliefs or spreading the good news is like somehow offensive. Because the message of Jesus Christ is the furthest thing from offensive. It's the good news, the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. And, you know, this is a big call church, but we are actually standing in the gap for people. Because we can sometimes, we may be the only person speaking into someone's life. We are standing in the gap between their eternity. We have this big call. Because, you know, people can, they can go at any point. You know, the world was shocked over the last week with the death of Kobe Bryant and all of those people that were, you know, in that helicopter and obviously all of our thoughts and prayers go out to them but we can't get complacent with people because we never know what's going to happen so when you're like oh I'll talk to that person another day I'll do this another we don't know when that day is going to come and like I said before we, we don't want anyone saying man I wish you told me I wish you'd given me that opportunity because we can't make people come to Christ church but we can give them the opportunity and as, as a church, we're committed to giving everyone this opportunity and especially into the next generation. It says in Psalm 78, five through seven, for he issued his laws to Jacob and gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope in you on God and not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his command. You know, in my generation, there are so many people that don't know about Jesus. And you may think, well, I'm not part of the next generation anymore. But at one point, everyone in your generation was the next generation. And if they haven't heard about the message of Christ, then it's still our job to tell them. Because if we let a generation, we can't let a generation go past with not telling them about Christ. So no matter what stage of your life, you may, oh, I'm not involved in youth or young adults. You can still reach out to your people in your generation, I'd encourage you, get a heart for your generation or the generation below you. Because it is our privilege, our absolute honor that we are able to pick up this mantle. We are able to step into this ministry of reconciliation. Because guys, trust me, if you step into this, your life will never be the same. And your life will change for the better because you'll get passionate about people you'll start seeing God move in your life in ways you never thought He could move before. You know, I, I wanted, because I took up primal youth maybe, I don't know, eight months ago, and I wasn't exactly ready for it. I didn't feel like it was my moment to step in, but I stepped in. And 
through everything, I've, I've done my absolute best to see young people's lives change. And I just want to read part of a, um, a text message I got from one of the amazing youth that's just come into our um, climb where it says, Hey, Ethan, I just want to say thanks for an awesome couple of months of youth. Honestly, it's changed my life in a really good way. It has made me think about a lot of things and helped me through a lot of stuff. Tonight actually got me really emotional talking about connecting with God because that's something I definitely want to do. And I've thought about getting baptized. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Because guys, we're not actually, we're not here trying to sell a product or to, you know, make someone do something. Guys, we're here to transform people. We're here to see people go from darkness to light. We're here to see people's lives transformed. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more about our church or to find out what's coming up, check out c3church.org.nz.